You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And welcome back again, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm on far too much caffeine. <laughs> That's okay. I'm on the exact opposite of the spectrum. It's like, like I worked I worked out far too hard last night, and I'm like all sore as shit, so I got up today and went to the range, and just, just like pounded two monsters to, to get me through. <laughs> I had a night that consisted of... A nice port, and a bit too much tequila. Yeah, I don't think wine tequila pairs very well. <laughs> At least not for body recovery. <laughs> eh, you know. Well, so like this, this is the I mean, week lime, that... lime is a fruit. It went with tequila, <laughs> and yeah, no, it was all bad. Like, Well, this is the week that normally we would be gearing up to go, go into Dragon Con, so it's like, I our would... body is like... Give me mass tons of alcohol and bad food, because it's traditionally what I must eat this week. Bad <laughs> and food? What? Where are you going? Uh, I mean, we do eat, like, that one The crazy, old number seven. Yeah, number seven from that one place that everywhere else always has a massive line, and they got, like, two customers. <laughs> I love that place. Yeah, it was funny. Somebody posted it, like, for everyone who's trying to, like, do the Dragon Con, like, virtual Dragon Con at home, I made a schedule based on what I would really be doing and how to to do that stuff at home. And, like, one of them was like, you know, do this, 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 then eat a burrito. Do this, 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 eat a burrito. And I was like, all right, this sh- list is pretty accurate, but just replace with eat a burrito with go get an old number seven. <laughs> and then, like, on the last one, it was like, checkout day, load load as many bowling balls as you can fit into a suitcase and then carry them down the largest uh, flight of stairs you can find. Repeat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate too. <laughs> no, that's a uh, very fitting. In fact. <laughs> so what are we smoking this week? Ah, this week. Um, well, I actually have a bone to pick with this cigar. Oh wait, this, this is the bones. It's CAO bones. <laughs> yes. The newest cigar mm-hmm. from, Ricky Rodriguez and the team at CAO Cigars. <laughs> at first, I thought, you know, Bones as in Skeleton, but then I'm like, ah, a lot of dice references here. So, yes, more like a... Bones as in Dominoes, not to be confused with Fat Domino. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, this is supposed to be your hanging out, grilling with your homies cigar, and it's kind of based on various Dominoes Whoa, and dice games. we're not grilling. Grilling and chilling. Dude, we're we're fucking up. We're podcasting. It does not say shit about podcasting in the description. Fuck. All right, we get the go get the grill. Okay, we need a grill. <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah, and each uh, it comes in four sizes, and each size is named after a classic domino game. With the five by fifty four being called the Chicken Foot, Blind Hughie at six by fifty four, the Matador at seven and a quarter by fifty four. That's their kind of Churchill size. And what we're smoking the day is the Maltese Cross. They're 660, because that's kind of our go-to <laughs> size. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good podcasting size when, you know, we're going to be with you folks for about the next hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, maybe even two hours. Never quite know. 
Um, but yeah, wrapper, uh, USA Broadleaf, Binder, Connecticut Shade, throwing some shade at you folks. Uh, filler, Honduran Yanastran, Honduran La Entrada, Nicaraguan Esteli, and Dominican Piloto Cubano fillers. That's a lot of fillers. It's <laughs> a lot of complicated fillers. And Honduran Lee from the regions of Jamastrana and La Entrata. Yeah, yeah, this has got a lot of fancy stuff in it. And it, it's, it's a nice, like, dark wrapper. And I've, this is probably about the third of these I've had. They're, I mean, they are brand, brand new. I've only seen them in our local shop for, like, the last maybe week. So I know I went to Tennessee. They weren't there. When I got back from Tennessee, they were there. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens. That's, but that's I don't know. I, you know, kind of a cool concept, you know, with the dice and everything else. Uh, for folks that can find it, apparently if you buy a box, you also get a set of dice. Um, <laughs> yeah, each box comes with two dice. <laughs> and we thought the name was fitting because this week we're going to talk about death. No, we're not. We're going to talk about a lot of deaths. <laughs> A.K.A. We're talking about a Final Destination 2 Virtual Dragon Con! <laughs> oh, wait, no, we're just talking about Final Destination. Yes, it's been 20 years since people first went on that fateful Final Destination trip, and which evolved into, like, five freaking movies of some gruesome-ass shit. Uh, and various bad special effects. <laughs> at, at times. But yeah. for the time... Some of the special effects, being a majority practical, actually were done surprisingly well. <laughs> and if you're going to have to try to outwit death, you should call in Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Keep you awake for those long games of throwing bones or smoking bones. Or evading death. Or just trying to get to your destination, whether it's your final one or not. Sometimes there's a layover. Sometimes you have switch flights. Shit happens. Shit happens. <laughs> Sometimes there's a Rona. <laughs> and with that, buckle up, kids. We'll be right back. I'm right behind you. Welcome back. It's time to die. I felt like that was a bit too, like, netherworldish or something. <laughs> oh, like, going to withdrawals, man. It's almost, we got like a month till, you know, spooky time. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're going to have to try to hit haunted houses in a social... Di I'm just going to get me like a fucking full-on hazmat suit. <laughs> Don't worry, we've implemented 
socially distant scares. <laughs> now the monsters can't get up in your face. It's like, I'm going to cut you with this chainsaw from six foot away. <laughs> Everybody's going to have like, like fucking like spears and shit. So it's all going to be like heads on sticks, like reaching way out. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, then again, maybe the fear is the actors can get in your face. <laughs> and scare the fuck. <laughs> He's not wearing a mask. Oh shit. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so 20 years ago, March of 2000, the first rendition of the Final Destination series, which was not the final movie because this came, end up with five films, a couple books, I think there was even a few like comic book tie-ins, and we always bitch about shit just being remakes and non-original ideas, and we're also huge horror fans. One thing about this movie that was it was so innovative for the time where there wasn't a like a central bad guy. There wasn't a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees or some kind of paranormal entity. Like yeah, death yeah. itself was your bad guy. And like how do you even cheat death? <laughs> well, apparently you figure out the pattern and then you save an individual and then it skips. <laughs> uh, depending on which of the fucking movies because like, they're like hey we figured out yeah, that last shit didn't work so we're going to say this is a different way to like <laughs> survive the game game of death <laughs> I mean I, I didn't really think about this but I mean you know these I think Final De Destination predates Saw predates Hostel like um, granted, the first Final Destination film wasn't over the top as far as the gore, but uh, this is one franchise that, you know, as it progressed, like, we definitely, you know, progressed the level of gore. Yes. It, and and it wasn't always good. No. Like, and we'll, we'll and talk we'll about that, that uh, but, uh, later. And if you haven't seen the Final Destination stuff in a while... And you want to just kind of refresh your memory as you see the shit we're going to talk about. I suggest going to YouTube and looking up a YouTube show called Kill Count. Shout out to Kill Count. This guy basically does these like 20 to 30 minute videos where he reviews horror movies and goes through each kill in the horror movie and just kind of commentates on it. And Oh yeah, dude. Like I, I, love I fell down a his... hole. It was like he does some great, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> great I... reviews. Love his stuff on the Halloween franchise, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Like, you know, any any time there's there's an abundance of death, <laughs> if you will. But yeah, the the idea of this actually came from uh, you know, the the guy who wrote it originally was a script he had wrote for an episode of X Files that never got uh, you know, never became a thing, and he decided to kind of expand on the idea into like a feature length film. Uh, the first one directed actually the first and the third one directed by James Wong, uh, who's done several big movies and you know, it, the, the first one, uh, and subsequently all the other ones, someone has an epic vision of a, just catastrophic mass casualty event 
And well, I mean, it's like, you know, when people talk about, oh, I got a bad feeling. But, I mean, this is a vivid, like... Yes, it never shows that this guy's having a premonition until after everyone's dead, and then it, like... Usually, whoever our protagonist of the movie is, he or she dies last, and then, like, zoom in on her eye, and she's, like, back... Or him is back at the start of the thing. And it's like, what the fuck was that? And, like, oh, all the things from my daydream, whatever, are now actually happening. I better get the fuck off of this plane, train... Roller coaster, <laughs> plane, trains, and automobile, <laughs> whatever but, you happen to be at. <laughs> and that was kind of the cool thing about, you know, Final Destination is, you know, we've all been to amusement parks. We all have to ride in vehicles. You know, <laughs> like these are everyday things that you are going to encounter. I mean, yeah, it's you never know, like encountering Jason Voorhees, something like that. It was all started with a realistic plausible scenario you know first movie we have them going to paris on a a plane and you know flight who, what m180 yeah flight 180 <laughs> like anybody think that hey maybe that's alluding to an m80 and you know what they do they go boom <laughs> <laughs> or 180 where you just turn right the back around or in this case straight down <laughs> so all right spoiler alert but you're talking about, oh, the the 180. So, how about the fifth film being the prequel? So, literally, like, we watched everything through the 180. <laughs> or 360, because it came all the way back around. <laughs> well, but did it? Did it come full circle? Because I feel like death is still did. out there. Yeah, so the premise is this. Someone has a vision... And then it gets them and whoever gets caught up in whatever, because there's usually a fist fight or something that gets eight to ten people thrown out of a thing that now survives the mass casualty event. But death is a motherfucker. And apparently every, there is a set plan of how you're going to die in life. And if you fuck up death's plan, he's like, nah, motherfucker, I'm going to come back and make sure you all die like I planned. I, I I will say this, that if you feel like you might be on death's radar, just avoid water. Yeah, it seemed like water was a... Like, there was always like a drink spilling or something leaking to <laughs> set off this these strange uh, events. Yeah, and, and then our first movie it was... Which is kind of the weird thing. Like, okay, death's after us. We avoid automobiles, like you would think. Yeah, don't go into a wooded area because death will just have a tree fall on you. So, like, it was kind of interesting that, you know, at no point does death use like a natural disaster or something. You know, because it could very easily be, oh, death's after me, so I'm just going to go to this place, no trees, no water, and you know, just wait this shit out. <laughs> And, it, and I liked, because uh, in the first one, you know, everybody survives and people start dying. And they figure if you save someone, it skips to the next person in line. So, yeah. And, and our main character who sees the visions and also gets the clues. You know, in the first one, it's very like, the the that's when they change kind of the method of how the people see death's plan each time. Like in the first one, it's very like, 
Like, he fucking throws a magazine and hits a fan and it chops it up and, like, a word comes out that says Todd. He's like, this must mean Todd's next. You know, and it's like like how he gets the kind of the the ideas of shit. But, yeah, when he gets to, like, him, he thinks, you know, he's next in line. So he's like, all right, I'm going to this cabin in the woods. And he is, like, fucking full-on into it. Like, I'm, there's, this, I'm ultra safe man. So he's, like, he's taped everything down. Like, all the knives are, like, locked away. He's, he goes to open a can of, like, fucking potted meat, and he's, like, wearing giant, uh, like, oven mitt so he doesn't cut himself when he's opening the metal can. He's like, I got you, motherfucker. And then when he throws the thing in the can, can tips over and a door opens up and stuff starts to fall out, and he, like, goes and slams it real quick, and then, he like, opens it up just enough to see what's inside, and it's, like, a fishing cabin. So there's, like, rusty uh, fish hooks in there, and he picks up and he's like, ah, tetanus. I didn't think of that one. Nice one, Dad. <laughs> it's like, he's like, you motherfucker. He's like, ah, you're smart. <laughs> it gets to the point where he's just like, he's gone so batshit crazy. He's talking to death like it's an actual person. Like, I didn't see that one coming. Good job, man. I respect the game. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess at some point you... You gotta have a mutual level of respect. You know, you never want to <laughs> underestimate your opponent. Especially for... Somebody like Death, who's been around, oh, forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's one thing, too, in this first one, since, like I said, this is a movie where you don't have an actual physical villain, they tried to, like, you, like, and, and they did away with it, because in the later films, the shit just kind of happens, but in the first one, it's like, before Death starts working his magic, you always see some kind of, like, shadow. Like, people see, like, a shadow or something in a reflection. So they're like, all right, we at least try to, like, seem like, hey, death is here. Let me show you, like, a, a weird shadowy image in the mirror or, or or a gust of wind suddenly comes out of nowhere. It's like, they tried to, like, you well, know. Well, I mean, you know, we've all gotten, who you, you know, you at into, some like, all right, point, like, spooky shit's about to happen. Where you felt a hair on, the, you know, the back of your neck stand up or something. And you're just like, ah, something feels really, really off here, like. Dude, that could have been death creeping around our door. And then I called and you stopped doing whatever you were doing. I, I might have saved your life at some point. Oh, uh, yeah, I've, I've done some sketchy shit in my day. So it's like, <laughs> uh, I mean, you saved me from busting out my car window and shattering glass <laughs> and severing like multiple veins and stuff. I'm like, yeah, don't shut that door. I don't think that thing's all the way in yet. <laughs> uh, That's what she said. But yeah, this the <laughs> uh, and you know this first one too is like when I went back and rewatched it, it's like oh this is like all the people that were famous in the late nineties. It's like I haven't seen most of these characters or actors since then, but like I mean, Care Smith, freaking Stifler, it's like uh you know a freaking Allie Lauder, which I mean hell we've seen her in the, more recently in the uh, the Resident Evil movies, but yeah it was like. It was like half the cast of freaking uh, Dawson's Creek is in this movie. <laughs> it's like, it's like, ah, it's like these are the, all the people that were super famous in like the late '90s, early 2000s that I've not seen in a movie in forever. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of the other thing with Final Destination is, you know, it, like most of the time the characters felt very generic. Like yeah, there's like the you really didn't you know you didn't really care about them. They fit you know whatever their stereotype was, and 
that was always the the thing is like oftentimes you found yourself being like go get him death like <laughs> yeah it was like the you know the, like and almost it was like the same in each movie like oh we got the the random uh we got the random slut we got the random jock we got the random we got nerd. the dork guy yeah, we, like, we got the kind of nerdy hot chick that uh that's kind of weird and like reads book and who had the weird like the whole time I thought it was Claire her name's Clear Clear Rivers what a kind of fucked up name is that <laughs> it's like Clear like it's like always well, like are y'all mispronouncing Claire like no no her no. weird ass name is Clear <laughs> I mean Clear Waters if that's not a symbolism of death and how often he takes the form of Clear Water like <laughs> yeah death is Aquaman because I swear at every movie. Water is like the inciting thing to set off the Rube Goldbergian method of death. I mean, in this one too, they were they were mostly straightforward. Like, like dude's car goes dead on a train track. Uh, you know, one guy like his toilet starts leaking. He slips. I mean, you can't talk about the first film without you know the fucking bus scene. Because do you remember your reaction the first oh, time? Oh yeah, you... that was that was the most the most jump scary thing in this movie because it was so like just sudden because you know homeboy his friend dies and he's starting to get the thing that like uh, maybe death's coming back for us and he's trying to convince people this shit's real well the high school bully who's like fuck you for saving me man i'm not uh you don't control my destiny i'm gonna drive my 69 nova or whatever the hell it was and and like fuck chicks and <laughs> shows up to like kick his ass outside of a coffee shop and his girlfriend's like fuck y'all i'm leaving and just steps off the curb into a bus and just gets splattered it's like oh shit <laughs> i mean it was just such there was no like a lot of them there's the lead up to the death where you see like said the water dropping in the computer shorting something out and it builds slowly we're like oh something's about to happen something's about to happen but this one was like nah she stepped off a curb and turned into mist it was like oh there was like no warning for that one it was just like here you go. <laughs> I mean, 20 years later, and, you know, people still talk about that scene. Like, That's like the second movie with the, instead of a plane blowing up, uh, she has a vision of a massive car accident. We've all been on road trips and gotten behind a semi. And, and, and to this day, I constantly see a meme or a picture on Facebook where someone's like, I got behind this truck. I'm a little nervous. And it's one of those big logging trucks. It's like, I think out of all the deaths, that's probably the one that is set with people the most because i like still to this day i see references to the the logging truck from final destination 2 like constantly popping up on people's facebook feeds yeah no i mean that's and legit i get behind one of those i'm like nope i'm speeding up and passing this on bitch i ain't, <laughs> I ain't sitting behind it this guy. i want to make sure i'm going super fast when i hit that log <laughs> it's like I, i've seen where this goes <laughs> Right through the front windshield of a highway patrol car. I mean, it, it had to be, you know, especially back when you were in law enforcement, so it had to be, you know, extremely relatable for you back then. <laughs> like, oh, shit. I'm a cop, and I'm behind a fucking logging truck. Oh, like, hell. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to stop at the next exit. <laughs> I don't care if that guy's speeding or not. <laughs> and that was the weird thing, too, about the second movie that was uh, directed by David R. Ellis, who did two and four. It's like Wong did one and three, Ellis did two and four. But this is the only one where they tried... Is that why two and four sucks so badly? <laughs> Probably. Well, I mean, you know, two 
Two like wasn't they, bad. They Four really, was horrible. And yeah, we'll, I mean, and with and we'll that get into Final Destination in a second, but two, like the gore factor, definitely like amped up a thousand. Yes, like with the first one, like the, the kills the mass were casualty there, event, but you didn't really see. You just saw the plane exploding. I mean, his vision where your know, shit's going bad in the plane, people getting sucked out the window, things are going on fire. This is basically just an explosion. You didn't really get a whole, but that car wreck scene was like fucking brutal dudes burning alive in his car and then like a semi just drives like right through it and is going like straight at the camera i mean yeah the gore factor definitely went through the roof in that especially in that opening death sequence but and it's also the only one that they tried to kind of connect to the original i mean all the other ones are like hey this you let's do some internet research and oh the people that were involved in flight 180 mysteriously died but this one, they literally tried to connect it as a sequel to the first one where Claire is back, or Claire. You know, when they finally figure out what's going on with death, they figure out, oh, someone, one of those people survived. Let's go find her because she's hiding out in a nut ward because, you know, and see how she survived all this. And then they figured out, because like in the first one, everybody died in the order they would have died in the vision. But they flipped the rules on you. So like the girl and her vision... Her and her friends are the last to die. And once, like, you know, and she's like, fuck this, blocks the exit so no one can get on the highway. The accident happens, and the cop pulls her out of the car. And all of a sudden, a car runs off the road and just explodes her car and wastes all her friends. And it's like, weren't those the last motherfuckers to die? And now they're the first? And it's like, I'm going to do it in reverse order this time. (laughs) But then later on, when they start kind of investigating and talking to each other, they're like, you know what's kind of funny? That... Like, somebody that from that Flight 180 died, and it caused me to miss dying. So it's like, they introduced this whole ripple effect. Like, the it's bus... It's almost that, like the butterfly effect yeah. of death. So, like, the bus that hit the girl, the cop was like, yeah, I had to go respond to that... Uh, oh, no, um, uh, he responded to the uh, Stifler getting his head cut off at the train wreck, and his partner went to, like, a robbery call by himself and got shot. And he's like, if I had been... If I hadn't gone to work that train wreck... I would have been at that robbery call and I would have gotten killed too. And then another guy was like, Hey, that's uh, Damn, I forgot about the train scene. Cause that was pretty fucking. Yeah. And another guy was like, Hey, I, this girl got hit by, I was on his bus and this girl got hit by a bus. And if I had, uh, you know, my bus wasn't delayed, I would have gotten this other accident or something and died. Or, you know, I forgot what his, but yeah, it was like each death caused someone else to survive something. So it, it, it like caused like them being alive further disrupted the plan. So now it's like, you know, death is clearing up the loose ends of, of the ripples that the other people caused in, in the world. So it was like, all right, that's, this kind of getting, <laughs> getting deep in the, uh, the folklore. But then after that, they're like, all right, it's just too complicated. We're just going to do one offs. Like these are going to have nothing to do with the people in the other movies other than people going to do a Google search and go, like, Hey, we found this thing where these people mysteriously died. That must be what's happening to us. <laughs> so there's no like, direct connection to the events of the other two films from here on out. <laughs> no, that would have just been too much of a fucking cluster. Yeah, it would have just gotten far, far too confusing. And pretty much, you don't watch Final Destination for the No, because, I mean, there's no character development. There's nothing that... You watch it Oh, I really want this person to survive death. or anything else. It's... No, what... Fun and interesting ways are they going to introduce, um, you know, our faithful characters' demise? <laughs> like, 
Truly, you're rooting for death. All right. Before we before we like move on, movie about first final destination. What's your favorite death? Oh. Other than the you know ensuing mass death scene. <laughs> so first movie. I love the way that the fucking train just the, the shard of metal dude loses his fucking head dude that is so beautifully shot and done like yeah cause like the, you think the train's gonna hit the car and kill uh, the jock and the, the seatbelt breaks at the last moment so he can get out of the car and then Stifler's all like dude you're fucking next stay the fuck away from me you know like and then like all of a sudden a piece of he's like I'm not gonna die and then like a piece of the car just like comes up off the track and just chops his head it's like Oh, <laughs> like, you know, just the way that was shot and everything else. Like, I like the the ones that kind of take you by surprise that you're like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. Or you, you think it's going to play out, but it plays out vastly different than, yeah. like, you know, that just has a good misdirection. And that, that was especially big in, in five. And we'll talk about that shortly. But in the first one, I think my favorite death was the teacher's death. Because it was so complicated. Because at this point, he's, he knows something's going on, and he's trying to intervene and goes to, like, save the teacher. And the teacher's freaking out, so she, like, calls the cops. Because she he's, like, out in the yard, like, checking her tire pressure. And, like, look. And they're like, dude, just get in the fucking car. Like, what are you doing here? And the whole time, you know, she's, like, freaking out trying to move. And she picks up a coffee cup and, like, freaks out because it's, like, the, the high school coffee cup. And then she's like, oh, this is stupid. But when she sets down, she cracks the cup. And puts vodka in it, so it's like starts leaking vodka on her computer, which then like causes a spark and starts a fire. See, I don't. And like... her coffee thing like starts leaking gas, and then she, the computer blows up, and a blade sticks in her or a piece of glass sticks in her throat, and she goes to like grab a towel to try to put pressure on it, and knocks a knife off that like lands in her chest, and then like when he gets there and tries to save her, there's an explosion and a something falls off the wall and like. like jams the knife the rest of the way through i'm like it's the most like rube goldberg death sequence (laughs) of at least that first movie and the rest of them are all quick that one is like there was so much like set up it was like one thing after the next thing after the next thing yeah (laughs) um my problem is vodka what proof is vodka usually 80 to 100 at the most guess what it doesn't burn at that proof (laughs) like you need, you know, like, like they needed to use Bacardi 151 or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, like, after she gets, like, hit and starts walking away, the fire is, like, following her through the house where she's been dripping vodka through the house, which, like, it looked like she was pouring straight gasoline. It was like, yeah, that was kind of improbable. So, the second movie, do, do you have a... Or I'll go first on the second one. The se- my favorite death from the second movie is they're all trying the the oh elaborate way we can stop death this time is if we bring someone to life that would have died like so they had a pregnant lady and they think that if we if the pregnant lady had died the kid never been born so if the kid gets born that's going to completely fuck up death's plan and re- and cause a reset so we got to make sure she survives long enough to have the baby and they have this car accident well <laughs> the friggin' news crew shows up and their gas tank starts leaking and it, the news van blows up. And when it does, it blows this freaking barbed wire fence across and just hits homeboy 
with a flying barbed wire fence. And then he just kind of like peels apart in a couple, it was almost like the laser scene from evil from the first, uh, a resident evil movie where the guy just kind of like just falls into pieces. I was like, that was a cool ass effect. I don't know. I think for me, like for some reason, like I should never work in a glass factory because like, that's like my, I guess like my, my fear would be, Oh, I got to move all these panes of glass. And if one glass breaks, like, Oh fuck, I got a warehouse of raining glass. So, you know, the dude that, you know, gets crushed by, um, you know, the fallen glass pane. Like. Yeah, the kid leaving the dentist's office. And that one, too, was, like, one of those where it kind of started where, like, the first one, I think, was very, like, straightforward where, like, all right, I can kind of call how they're going to die or it's going to happen suddenly. This is where they kind of started introducing, and it got heavy on this later on, the misdirection, where you see him in the uh, dentist's office with the gas mask on, and again... Fish tank starts leaking because we know death's favorite weapon is water. Shorts out the mach- the ventilator, so now he's not getting air. And then a a fucking fish falls off the wall and like lodges in his throat, so he's starting to choke to death. And then the nurse comes in and pulls it out. It's like, all right, that didn't kill him. And they walk out all safe, and then it gets squished by a giant pane of glass. <laughs> it's like, okay, that was unexpected. <laughs> like I I don't know. I mean, for me, like that, that's where it is. You know, I like to be surprised. So yeah, and eventually find out like, oh wait a minute, the girl was that one too was the one where the guys like the the, the uh, elevator death was pretty br- gruesome too because you know they're like all right you know we're just gonna hold in this apartment, everybody take a cell phone if she has a vision, uh, or any of us has a vision that's the warning we need to tell the others so they're like call the girl in the elevator who. There's a random dude with a whole bunch of prosthetic arms. <laughs> no explanation to that whatsoever. And she's like, we had a vision. A guy with hooks is going to kill you. And she starts freaking out and tries to get out of the elevator and the fucking door closes on her head and then like goes up a floor and like just decapitates her. But after that, the other dude in the elevator is like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm dying on my own terms and like steals the cop's gun and tries to shoot himself like six times. And like he gets six fucking failure to, Failure to fire. So it's like like all six rounds had like bad, bad primers. It's like nah, bro, you're going out in death's plan. You, you can't even you can't like you. Know, it's not your time yet. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck. That's that's got to suck. Where it's like you you have zero control over what's going to happen to you because it's like just yeah, you, know, you have to. <laughs> you're it, fucked. This is your destiny. That and the uh, the the girl that. They they get in the wreck and a piece of pipe goes all the way through the car and stops just through the headrest but doesn't impale her and she survives and you're like oh that's cool well when the fire department shows up to rescue her and they hit the door with the jaws of life and deploys the airbag and smashes her head into the pipe I was like I didn't see that one coming <laughs> that was another one of those good quick ones where you're like fuck <laughs> I wonder if something like that's ever happened it has to have I mean that's <laughs> Like, all right, you're in a precarious situation, and, but I mean, then again, like, I think if they're responding, like, do airbags and shit still deploy if the battery's disconnected and stuff? Because I, I think know. that's usually, like, you know, one of the, like... Yeah, because uh, electrical... I mean, you've probably done some first responder Yeah, because it's, it's, I mean, it's, 
normally they also you have to have like a Ford impact at a certain miles per hour. Yeah. Like so if you do like a minor thing, it's not you gotta be going like over twenty five before they'll deploy. So yeah, you know, the the likelihood of, of the jaws of life hitting the door, which those sensors aren't in the door, setting off the airbag, it's like, you know, it's it's death's like, you know, game of death roulette. <laughs> it's like yeah, there's it, that, that was a hard one to there's gotta be something supernatural involved to <laughs> to make that shit happen. But yeah, I don't know, would would like the side airbags deploy? Are they all? I did. Ooh, fucking smoke ring. Yeah, yeah. A, a side airbag. It's funny, would... I can pull that shit off. Yeah, occasionally it'll happen by accident, but yeah. I've never been able to do it like intentionally. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah, it was like, but then again, that was like 2003 when that movie came out, so I don't even know if they had like side impact airbags in 2003. Hell, we barely had seat belts. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the other crazy thing, too, is, you know, all of this shit, you know, especially at the airports and everything of that nature, like, predating 9-11. Like, <laughs> post-9-11, it'd be like, oh, Death's like, I got a brand new factory because they're going to take you into a place far, far away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you disrupted an air an aircraft? Yeah, you're going to Guant- Guantanamo for a bit, and <laughs> Death's like, I got lots of friends here. <laughs> what does Death sound like? I always envision Death as like Family Guy, where he's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch you. You're, you're dead now. I'd assume Death sounds like Tony Todd, because yeah, that that's like pretty much the only guy who shows up in every film, except well, even the one he doesn't appear in, he does a voice in. So it's like that's that's the so connection. So Morgan Freeman is God. Tony Todd is gonna be Death. <laughs> yeah, he's always the creepy coroner that kind of like clues the kids on in on. Oh yeah, y'all y'all are being hunted by Death. I've seen this shit before. You know, Death's a motherfucker. Y'all not gonna be able to to dodge uh, dodge the old Grim Reaper. Good luck. Or he'll give them like, well, maybe if you do this, you might be able to get out of it. You know, he he's he's the one that kind of like clues the 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 dead people of their, uh, what's going to, what, what they are, have unwittingly gotten involved in. But then we had 2003's or 2006 final destination three, which this is when it kind of went off the rails. Five. I liked three and four are horseshit movies. <laughs> and my main problem with three, which when I went back and was like, you know, kind of checking these out, it's like, I almost forgot about three. It was like, it's, I have not seen. I mean, like, so I, three, I barely remember three. Like as somebody that, you I know, may have seen that one once. The others I've seen enjoys, a you couple know, times, theme but. parks and shit. Like I like three from that regard. But I mean, then again, like there was so much shit wrong with that roller coaster scene. That's like, <laughs> that would not ever happen. Like, <laughs> The Hell Ride, complete with anatomically correct devil statue. <laughs> if you watch some of the behind the scenes thing, that thing's got a huge nutsack on it. It does. As it should, I guess. But I mean, And voiced by Tony Todd. That was yeah. his only appearance in this movie. Maybe that's why that movie sucked, because they didn't give Tony Todd a bigger part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the, my main problem with this one, other than... 
like well, like I said, the first one it was all high school kids. The second one it was like a random group of individuals. And when James Wan came back, he's like, ah, I don't like it being random people. Let me go back to a group of people who know each other. So it was a group of kids on a like graduation night party or something. Go to a go to a uh, local carnival place and park. People die on a roller coaster in graphic graphic ways. But then after that, the and they introduced a new kind of element where instead of getting clues to how people die through additional visions, this girl was a wannabe photographer and took photos of everybody prior to the accident and noticed like weird photographic anomalies and all the photos of the people and like giving clues to how they will die. And so she starts trying to track people down based on her photographs. But the, this one I think was the first one that was in 3d and the, the 3d Especially when you go back and watch I think it, it kind of fucked it up. Yeah, I mean, Cause fast some... forward to now, and there's only a handful of movies that have done 3D relatively well. Yeah. Back then, like, 3D was done so shittily, like, I mean, yeah, oh, we're going to have do... Final Destination 3D. Oh, we've got Saw 3D. Oh, we've got... Yeah. You know, like, if anything was coming out with a third movie, it was all, all of a sudden something, something 3D. 3D, yeah. Jaws 3D. But they... Basically, they would do really cool practical effects. Like, there's one where a guy dies in the gym, and he's like the the, the like our stereotypical football player in this movie. And he's like, you know, working on a machine. is like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get ripped. There ain't no way I'm going to die. And then, like... A sword falls off the wall, cuts a cable, and a sudden, all of a sudden, his head gets squished between two forty-five pound plates. Which the a practical effect of that with like a fake head would have looked really cool. But since it was three D, they almost like completely covered up the practical effect with this giant CGI CGI blood splatter that makes it look fake as fuck. It's like they just like. All right, for the 3D, we got to put blood just gushing toward the screen I mean, in every every scene. And I mean, that's that's got to be kind of annoying to be like, oh, here we are. We spent all this time to do this stuff practically, only to then you know hide it and post with you know all of the CGI shit. And it's like, oh, well, we could have saved a shitload of time and money by not even having that effect. Let's just you know fucking. <laughs> All right, there's the weight, and oh, there's your 3D blood splatter that nobody gave a fuck about. Yeah, and especially going back and watching it in non-3D, like on home video, it's like, it just looks so bad. <laughs> like that, like I said, I'm, I'm always a fan of if you can enhance a practical effect with CGI, but, but yeah, they just took what probably would have been an interesting CGI effect and just covered it up with so much fake blood that you couldn't really see the details of the practical effect. They have another one later where they're, they figure out one guy's next and they're trying to find him and they can't. And they're stuck in a drive through line and don't realize he's like three cars ahead of them. And a moving van loses control and another weird, you know, probably had to do with water <laughs> runs off the road. And the main characters bail out of the vehicle right before the truck hits it. Well, it knocks the engine out of the car that line winds up in the convertible. And the dude just gets his head splattered by the, uh, rotating fan blade on the front of the engine, which again, the practical version of that probably would have looked pretty cool, but yeah, they're like, eh, let's just dump a whole bunch of CGI blood on this. 
Yeah, no, nah, just kind of ruined it. <laughs> All right. My memor- memorable death from Final Destination 3. Oh, <sighs> fuck. Um, I mean... Tacos. All right, I got I got one while you're still thinking. I mean, for me, it's the the Home Depot death. <laughs> one of the random stereotypical people is a weird goth couple who have day jobs working at a home improvement store. And when they go to warn them of what's going on, they're like, of course, don't believe them. And then things start falling off of shelves and runaway forklifts. And, you know, like I said, the more and more Rube Goldbergian ways of killing them. They end up saving the dude, but the girl, like, ends up falling on a nail gun and gets, like, 15 nails to the head. (laughs) That one was a... Like she got like you know turned into like pinhead, like so like, she's like all these freaking nails sticking out of her head like, like a freaking cinnabite gone wrong. I don't know. Maybe fucking Kevin Fisher, you know, sliced in half by the pole. Cause it's always wonderful when people get sliced in half. Which one was that? I don't know. He was like the fucking ninth person to die or something. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like the flag like impaled him because they're at some kind of like weird. Uh revolutionary festival with you know like a Paul Paul Revere reenactment and like you know freaking like almost like civil war reenactors in the south but it's revolutionary wars and and a freaking like runaway horse and dude just gets like impaled by a flying American flag which was like yay America (laughs) like I I don't know you know the whole Paul Revere reenactment and everything else I I Three is not that memorable. No. Like, I, you know, surprisingly, I still remember the media hype around it and everything else because of 3D. Um, but, uh. yeah, shit film and execution. <laughs> and the shittiest film and execution, The Final Destination. Which was not The Final Destination. <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, this one, same problem with the last one. Far too much use of CGI that just looked horrible. And this time's this mash casualty event occurs at a non NASCAR NASCAR event <laughs> where there's a wreck, car goes in the sand, and the whole stadium pretty much collapses and kills a bunch of people. Do girl gets squished by an engine. It's pretty epic looking. But after that, the follow up deaths it almost turns into a comedy. But I gotta say, as bad as this one was, and I, like, there's one death that, out of all of them, is probably my favorite death is from number four. And it's like, it's like when I'm, it's the one the guy gets his, his gut sucked out through his asshole. <laughs> that is the one that always sticks in my memory when I think of uh, Final Destination. Because, of course, they always have, like, the one, like, oversexed douchebag character. This time played by uh, uh, fucking Nate from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> where, again, death's favorite uh, method of execution is water. He's hanging out at a, you know, freaking uh, 
country club pool. <laughs> and this kid starts squirting him with a water gun. So he takes the kid's water gun and chunks it over the fence. Well, it, of course, drips water into the pool pump system and shorts something out. So the drain of the pool kicks into, like, hyperdrive and, like, literally, like, sucks the grate out of it. So it's, like, super suctioning. And Homeboy drops his lucky coin and dives in the pool to get his lucky coin and ends up getting stuck butt first on the pool drain who just keeps sucking harder and harder and harder until it kind of empties him out. And then the pump explodes and shoots like a geyser of freaking fake blood with his lucky coin comes flying out of it too. You see that in the, the, uh, CGI blood, uh, fucking fountain. That one was like probably the funniest death. Second to that is the racist dude who dies while trying to burn a cross. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I always love a good, oh, you want to burn the flag, but instead you set yourself on fire kind of story. So I like it when a racist douchebag tries to burn some shit and just burns themselves as well. So let's hear it. Just the soundtrack of that moment, too, is great because of the people that survive is a, uh, a black security guard and this racist tow truck driver who blames the security guard because he won't let him go back into the stadium. And the guy's wife, his girlfriend is one of the people that die in the, the big death scene. So he decides to roll up and burn a cross in dude's yard. So he gets the cross all lined up and goes back to get his truck. Well, his truck like, but jumps out of gear and starts rolling down the street and he's running to catch up to it and gets caught in the tow truck train chain and all the gas he had to burn the tr- uh, burn the cross tips over in the back and starts dripping on the road. So that catches on fire. So now he's getting drugged through fire from a tow truck while his radio is playing, Why Can't We Be Friends? <laughs> I said, forget Final Destination 4 is like almost just a straight comedy. Like, I, <laughs> you know, at some point, I guess, you know, they, yeah, let's have some fun with it and cheese it up a bit. Yeah. And the security guard, his wife had, like, he apparently was an ex-alcoholic and his wife had died in a car wreck or something. So he's, like, decides to off himself. And they go to his house to, like, stop him because they think he's next. And they find him hanging. And all of a sudden he wakes up and he's like, like, dude, what the hell? He's like, man, I've been trying to kill myself all day. Like, nothing works. (laughs) And they're like, well, maybe when we saved, because they end up, you know, guy who died in the pool and his girlfriend were both going to die at the same time because that's how they died in the, the thing. They saved her. He got butt sucked. So they're like, well, maybe we've we've stopped it. Yay us. Let's celebrate. I guess he went um, mouth to ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so they all think that they, they've survived. And then they find out, oh, there was a guy who got pulled out of the rubble who really was the next guy. And th- he's in the hospital and gets squished by a, a freaking, like, you know, hot tub falling through the ceiling. And then they bring back the sudden death by car. Cause when they're walking out of the hospital, homeboy gets hit by a freaking ambulance. And that another, another one that was like sudden deaths. But then the first time too, they, they introduce a second premonition and the guy sees the mall blowing up and goes and stops his girlfriend and the other people from dying in the mall explosion. And like, all right, cool. We finally like finished. Uh, we saved everybody. And, and, but of course, in every one of these movies, as soon as they think they've, Death has skipped all of them. Nope, it just resets and death comes back around. And they're like, and I mean, there was some pretty good misdirection with the mall stuff too, because the whole time, like, 
Alright, death's lurking about, and... Oh, there's escalators. Somebody <laughs> is gonna die by escalator. Oh, her shoe's untied. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. Well, shit. Yeah, that was like... one of them that... <laughs> as we have random uh, <laughs> sounds involved. Uh, that was also kind of cool, because the introduction of the second premonition, while this movie did overall was kind of bad... That was a cool misdirection because, I mean, you get this whole elaborate death sequence for, like, everyone else in the film. Then it resets again, and it's like, oh, none of that shit happened. <laughs> it's like you didn't expect there to be two premonitions. So it was like, it was like oh, that's that's kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, but then the, the actual final death with, like, they're all sitting in a coffee shop going again, yay, we survived. Is like, what if all these things happened to us? death suddenly got economical and didn't want to take us out one by one. So all this stuff happened just to get us all together in the same place. And then a freaking Mack truck, uh, bull, uh, not bull, uh, dump truck <laughs> runs through the wall of the coffee shop they're in and it switches to x-ray mode. And it's like almost like the, the freaking x-ray kills from Mortal Kombat of them three, like final death, which was, and then we get a whole like sequence of like X-ray deaths of all the previous movies, which was like I said it was the ending was kind of cool, but overall the, some of the, the the outtake stuff not great. The, yeah. the film itself, absolute shit. What was your final death? Oh, I, I already said it was the uh, butt guy. <laughs> Did you have a highlight death from from four? Oh, from four, I. What about the therapy tub? Yeah. <laughs> like, but once again, like where the tub and the room placement and everything, that shit would have never happened that way. Yeah. Like the guy's in like a hospital bed. Water is dropping from the ceiling. He gets out of the bed trying to get away. And then all of a sudden the tub falls in the other side of the room. <laughs> like what the hell death just moved the tub. <laughs> But I mean, you gotta you gotta give it to the old dude for you know trying to cop a fill on the nurse. <laughs> like, yeah, some of the side characters were better than the actual <laughs> actual characters. And I mean, like, you don't even have any talking lines, no nothing. Like, ah, I did fucking shit film. On to the next one. <laughs> well, turns out Final Destination wasn't the final destination because <laughs> they did another one. Final Destination 5, which came out in 2011. And I gotta say, with Final Destination 5, like, they took the series, like, this is probably one of the only movies where you might sort of give a shit about the actual characters. Yeah, this one had better this well, had a different director than the other four. Uh, Stephen, this was Stephen Quayle's first directing gig in a Final Destination film. But yeah, he, uh... There was better character development. You actually kind of gave a shit about the people. And the the open and death sequence was freaking epic. I mean, dude gets burned alive by uh, by Tar. And basically, it's a... It's paper, a London bridge is falling down. <laughs> paper mill company is going on like a team building retreat with all their sales team and whatnot. And, and Homeboy has a vision that freaking bridge is going to collapse that they're on on this bus and yeah homegirl falls off gets impaled by a sailboat that's going under the bridge like 
freaking uh Stephen Keckner, the comedian, gets like you know doused in hot uh, tar. Another guy gets impaled I mean, by dude, a bunch of falling rebar. The only thing it needed was feathers. Like it'd have been funny, like random bird, you know, drops a feather or something. Like man, he done got tarred and feathered. Yeah, I mean this one, like I said, it was it was kind of innovative. Like I said the the innovative they had five other films to you know fucking base this off of well all the death sequences definitely did a great job of the misdirection i think they did better job of misdirecting in this film they did all the others because like constantly we're watching like these elaborate build-ups and you're like oh this is the thing that's going to kill them this is the thing that's going to kill them and then something completely random kills them (laughs) Like, the one girl's, like, at a gymnastics meet, and you see a screw fall out of an air conditioner. Like, oh, she's going to get squished by the air conditioner. Nope, that doesn't happen. And you see the screw land on the balance board she's on. She's going to get sucked through the air conditioning. So, the whole time she's doing her routine on the balance beam, she keeps missing the screw, and then gets off. Like, that didn't happen. So then she starts jumping on the freaking, uh, whatever, the bar things, and some other girl gets on the balance beam and steps on the screw knocks over a uh, fan that blows chalk into the girl's face so she slips off the bar and is like completely like scorpions herself and like it's folded up in in half and it's and like like just the effect of seeing the folded over body the way that they did that was like holy shit yeah it's like CGI finally caught up with the technology <laughs> like you know at some point you're like oh they had a contortionist do this but it's like no we just basically ragdolled a dummy and that's how it landed and we said fuck it and went with it. No what they did is like the girl's upper body she's wearing green screen pants and there's a her lower body is actually a stunt woman wearing green screen top (laughs) and they just put them both together. (laughs) So it's literally two people laying there and they just erased like the other half of Ejum's body. (laughs) <laughs> Damn. And then the the, the best one, uh, if we you know, go ahead and jump to our, our favorite death, is the pervert guy. You know, because this one had, like, the, the, the pervert nerd guy who, after everyone in the company dies, he's going through all the dead people's desks stealing shit and finds a coupon to a, a fucking massage parlor. And it turns out it's, like, a legit massage place. But he goes in there trying to get a rub and tug. And then there's, like... Gets his, like, ass beat by Mama-san, and she loads him up with, like, the the freaking, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the needles. So he's laying there, like, covered in these, uh, these, uh, what the hell you call that shit, uh... Acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture needles. <laughs> and then she leaves him there, and he can't move because he's full of the acupuncture needles, and he's just so sore from getting, like, you know, basically, like, just broken. The thing breaks, he falls on all the needles... And they just can't get up because there's like freaking massage oil all over the floor. And he's like, and the room's starting to catch on fire. And you're like, oh, he's going to burn to death. Noah Buddha statue falls off the wall and squishes his head. <laughs> it's, like, it's like just the randomness of the Karma death in this bitch. movie is like exactly is hilarious. You know, there was another iconic death that I was thinking about. And I can't remember which film it was. And. The two tan chicks. Oh, that was in with three. With the tanning bed. Like, yes, the, the two. That was always something, like, I've never been to a tanning salon or anything, <laughs> but, like, 
again, death in his water, you shorting know. out the tanning beds and cooking these girls. And that had the funniest thing that, like, it jumps from an overhead shot of both of them burning alive in the tanning beds to an overhead shot of twin coffins at their funeral. <laughs> it was like, the the editing on that was like, oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> like, that was always one to be like, dang, that, that kind of sucks. But yeah, that's again, another, like, I'm not getting in a freaking tanning bed. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, you follow the fucking rules. No food or drink. Yeah. And don't fucking touch other people's equipment. Yep. You fuck around, you find out. <laughs> and this one also introduced a, a a brand new way, like, you know, one uh, one of the guys that survived uh, was a newly promoted over the actual factory portion of the business where the rest of the guys were were kind of part of the sales team. And he's arguing with, uh, like, the foreman or something and ends up getting pushed while this hook or something that was going to fall and kill him misses him and kills the guy that pushed him. So, like, oh, if you trade a life, you know, you, someone else dies in your stead, then you get to survive. So that's, like, the first time someone not one of the, the you know, targeted people died. And, like, oh, it's a new thing. Like, if we kill somebody, we can... We can get uh, we can get saved, and then like you know, one guy just goes fully nuts and like starts like, well, I'm gonna go hunt down, you know, in the you know, in his vision, he saved his girlfriend. She didn't die in the original thing, so she's not on the list. So I'm gonna go kill her instead of some rando. <laughs> so and so they get in like a gunfight in a kitchen. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, it's this is like the least Final Destination type death here. It's like you're just gonna. Uh, out of all these elaborate tricks, like now we're just gonna get somebody's gonna get capped. <laughs> now death has unleashed a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then he ends up killing like the cop that like thinks that something because you know, and everyone on they always assume the guy who like you know forecasted the death somehow caused it. So he ends up getting shot. So he's like, ah, I got my free life, and he's like, no, fuck you, man. Like fucking ends up killing him. Like now I got your life, <laughs> and of course. The other thing that was innovative about this film is they they never tell you what the date is through the whole movie. You don't see any clues to what the date is, and they're like the one guy. His day job was the was the uh, the factory, but he wanted to be a chef and got an opportunity to go train in Paris and become like a legit chef. So he's like, after all this happens, like, all right, cool. I'm gonna take the job. I'm gonna move to Paris. So you don't see the debt the date. Until he's getting on the plane, they hand him his ticket. And it says two thousand on it. And you're like, wait a minute, Paris? And they get on the flight, and oh, you yeah. see the kids from the original movie. And it's like, this was a fucking prequel the whole time. <laughs> Surprise, bitches! <laughs> I thought that was like kind of cool, bringing it all the way back to the beginning. It's like, oh shit, this is you know, it was that was a kind of a cool way to, you know, surprise ending slash beginning. And then since this. Again, they think maybe be the last one, but now they're talking about maybe a sixth one. In the credit sequence, they go through and like highlight all the deaths, show all the deaths from like every single movie. So it's like death montage, <laughs> death montage. Oh, and the when they blow up on the plane, the the home the guy that uh, end up killing the accidentally killing the other guy and taking his place is that a memorial service for him 
And they're like, well, it was actually kind of lucky. Like, what are you talking about? Turns out he had cancer. He only had like maybe a month to live. Like, really? And then the piece of the plane like falls through the roof and squishes the dude. It's like, yeah, you trade a life, but you only got an extra 30 days. Bye, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there's no guarantees on how long you have when you do trade. Yeah, that 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 kind of sucked. He's like, ah, I got I got a free life. Oh damn it, this guy was already <laughs> scheduled to die. Should have should have killed somebody else. Uh, so, do you have a highlight death from from the fifth one? Ah, uh, no. I mean, supposedly there's well, kind of Hollywood's on hiatus right now, but as of January of last year a new installment was announced to be in development and they were kind of doing a reimaginary reimagining rebooting of, of the franchise, which I don't even think that's necessary because it's all been kind of <laughs> been one offs anyway, other than tying the last one back into the first one. But it is, is there, a is prequel something... to the prequel. I mean, is there something they knew they can do with this franchise? Well, again, it's, it's random deaths. Everyone likes seeing random deaths. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, it's kind of, I, I guess you can kind of, <laughs> without there being like a Jason Voorhees, you know, death can always be be a, a, a cool <laughs> antagonist. Yeah, I I don't know. The gymnastic scene is pretty great. Um, oh, what about Homegirl with the uh, laser eye? That's probably the only one that made me like legit uncomfortable. I hate anything having to do with stuff going in my eye. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're there for a LASIK operation and, you know, that sort of thing. And that was another one and, with and a that, good redirection. That, too, like, you know, I think Hostel tried to play on that a bit, too, with with their eye. <laughs> yeah, because, like, her eye's getting all blasted and you think the thing's going to kill her and she ends up escaping and then slipping and falling out a window. And then her eye pops out when she hits the highway. <laughs> Uh, like I said, this movie had great misdirections. Out of, like I said, the the last. I mean, two... it was definitely the goriest too. Like, yeah, but the, I don't know. You know, going back to the because the the CGI wasn't as bad in this one. It, like it, it, the technology must have caught up, or they went more practical. But it, I think they did a better job of making the deaths look good. I mean, you know, one of them that kind of stands out to me is back on the bridge scene, and you have the piece of you know, sheet metal that cuts the dude in half. And that actually, like, that looked, looked really sweet. good, you know, um, compared to a lot of the other CGI. I mean, I don't know. Then again, fucking sailboat skewers. <laughs> that like, was a great one, too. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that was the thing, is, you know, with five, like, so many of your deaths happen... Kind of right there, you know, in the premonition that it's like, oh, well, here they are. Like, <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the, the follow-up deaths. This is probably the only movie that had like some decent character development, and like I said, the technology I guess caught up because the CGI enhancements or you know, looked a lot better than like the last two films, which were, like I said, three and four. You can kind of skip one, two, and five or are at least i mean five is definitely enjoyable so one i mean and five are prob f- 
five is probably my favorite, but one and five are probably the... I mean, isn't it bad that, I mean, if you want to talk about the final franchise, you could literally do the franchise as one and five. <laughs> yeah. Or five and one. <laughs> you can watch it in order. <laughs> what order do we want to watch? Well, if you want to watch the, you know, prequel and then the sequel, go five and one. If How'd you cut that shit? So, uh, I mean, shit, this is a slow burning cigar. I'm only about halfway through here. What's your thoughts so far? I mean, we might have to do a So far, this is, uh, you know, been a, a wonderful cigar. Um, you know, the thing about CAO is, um, you know, they bring a lot of, like, um, uh, for me, I'm going to say this is a medium, and it brings a lot of flavor, and not, you know, uh, over-the-top strength or anything. This... This reminds me sort of of the CEO session. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's a flavor similar. bomb. Yeah. Yeah, like CEO, even if they're not making powerhouse cigars, they're always like very full flavored. Like I said, it may be a medium smoke that you can, and this, like I said, this is kind of like the session design that you can smoke a several of these in an evening of doing whatever you're doing. So it's not something super overpower. I really but wish the same we time, were there's grilling. a lot of flavor we should go get the grill now <laughs> and with that this is your final destination of this year's story we're going to be right back with another segment welcome to flight 180 <laughs> to learn some stuff ready for some science yeah dude so we've made fun of sharknados and everything snownados snownados would be cool like sharknado arctic edition well you know there's been some some wildfires and shit in california because you know between riots and wildfires california is always burning but someone actually documented an extraordinary rare occurrence a firenado now, which now that that's happened, sci-fi has to make a movie called Firenado, which I think they did in that one Sharknado. Or... Well, I mean, like, I know, like, in, you know, anytime there's major forest fires and that type of stuff, like within, you know, those environments, like the fires create their own weather patterns and stuff. And, 
you know, just from my love of meteorology and all things related to cyclonic storms, um, convective and whatnot, <laughs> like, uh, cumulonimbus. That's the only thing that's the weather term I know. Hey, there you go. You, you know, a cloud type. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, or is this like a legit, no, there was a severe thunderstorm that touched down, you know, that spawned a tornado. And... Actually, it's like said, the the extreme heat and kind of airflow create, you know, they it pretty much behaves exactly like a tornado. And, you know, actually, this vortex followed the first ever national warning for a fire tornado. Like, but, I think we've seen, you know, like like, you know, when we do the bonfires here. Like, you'll see the flames swirl up occasionally once it gets to, like, a certain temperature and yeah. stuff. But, I mean, for there to issue a warning, like, we're talking a major-ass fire at that point. Yeah, because, <laughs> like I said, this was kind of the result of some um, wildfires. And, well, not the first one. This is kind of like the first kind of documented one where, it, you know, in 2018 there was a fire NATO that, uh, you know, ended up... Ki- killing some firefighters and a bulldozer operator. But so basically, you know, while it forms differently than your standard tornado, it has like the same danger of high wind speed while also burning everything that comes in contact with. So it's like, you know, you're the middle. It's not like just point your water hose and douse it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, not only do you have to deal with, you know, freaking you're in the middle of a wildfire, but now you're having to deal with, Oh, not only am I dealing with hundred mile per hour wind, I'm dealing with burning hundred mile per hour winds. So yeah, like it's like you know, could twenty twenty not get fucking weird enough? Yeah, I don't. That's why you don't play with fire, folks. <laughs> and you know, and continuing in weird shit of twenty twenty, uh, like we had the whatever the dur- double uh, hurricanes heading toward us a couple days ago. Uh, the closest ever asteroid flyby to Earth happened last weekend. So we almost had one of those, you know, Armageddon type uh, type sitches. Here's my problem: is you know all of the articles were. Well, I think this is the one for election day. Never mind. So there was a flyby, you know, recently. Yes, this was like last week, pretty much. But yeah, this is like it's was a record-breaking, because this is the closest space boulder, which, uh... How big is this one? Uh, set up between three and six meters, basically the size of, like, a a vehicle, uh, like a large van or something, and it got as close as eight a 1,830 miles from Earth, which is... Very close in space. The terms. closest, yeah, and in, in, that we've had in, in uh, for, but, you know... Because I know there's one that they were talking about, like, asteroid headed to Earth just in time for Election Day, and it's literally, like, six feet across. <laughs> like, Yeah, they, they estimate that there are hundreds of millions of these rocks in the solar system. And, and yet, they're like, we've identified, we think, 90%. Yeah, so, you know, they they very much, like, anything that has a near-Earth orbit, they've they've kind of keep an eye on, uh, and so far we've, you know, not, uh, had a problem, but it has happened there. You know, that's what wiped out the dinosaurs. We've, you know, and yeah, you go I, into geological history. At there's... the same time, like let's at a few meters, 
I think it burns up. We get to see a big fireball, you know, in the sky. That's that's about it, right? I mean, now, like, I know, like, the, the meteorite over Russia, you know, or whatever, like, it didn't touch down, but it blew up in the atmosphere, you know, causing millions of dollars in damage and stuff like that. Just, I mean, you might as well have dropped a couple of megaton bomb at that yeah. point, but... Well, they're saying that uh, according to a 2005 NASA study, uh, or since 2005, it's been NASA's goal to characterize anything that they consider that would asteroids or comets that pros, pose a threat to Earth, and they think they've located 95% of them and are kind of watching them all. But they're saying that's about 6,200 objects larger than 100 meters or 330 feet. And of oh, those... You know, over 2,000 are, are known, they're saying. But, you know, they said anything that's big enough not to burn up in the atmosphere would cause, like, massive devastation if anything was actually here to, to uh Luckily you know, for us, us, we're on a planet that is, like, 80% water. So, you know, on, on a global scale, our cities and everything are... You know, luckily, like, oh, we're going to laser focus over Atlanta. No, chances <laughs> are you're going to end up blowing up, hopefully over an ocean somewhere. Even then, if one hit us big enough and hit the ocean, well, I like mean, a massive tidal well, waves. Well, I mean, or... uh, I'm talking, you know, something, a, you know, Tsunamis, a couple meters, yeah. you know. Now, you you, you fucking like a... have one, like you're talking about, three, four hundred feet wide. We've had a bad day, probably. Yeah, like... <laughs> but you're like, you're smaller, Esther, but... And in the billions of years that the Earth has been around from geological evidence, there's been at least two big hits. That's what they well, theorize I mean, the caused Yucatan the moon. Peninsula. Um... Like early on in Earth's formation, before it was like solid, we got hit by something they say the size of Mars yeah. that blew off a chunk, and that's what the moon actually is—the chunk of Earth that got you know knocked up there, and then the one that supposedly killed the dinosaurs so you know two and 40 billion years yeah i like our odds <laughs> it's it's rare enough but then again we like, may not have to deal us with as it. people like it doesn't have to take something you know i mean god forbid something you know blow up over a major city i mean you could potentially lose millions of lives you know, just from debris raining down and, you know, that type of shit. like Or something that knocks a huge amount of dust into the atmosphere and all of a sudden causes a second ice age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we well, I mean, we've, we've had that with some of the volcanoes, you know, where they've yeah. emitted so much ash and stuff. And... At this point, the super volcano in, in you know, <laughs> Yellowstone is probably more dangerous than the asteroid. It's like, uh... It's rumbling. What do we do? Meh. <laughs> if you're the praying type, you should probably do that. Well, yeah, we, we talk about Skynet and our phones. Uh, also, from one of the Terminator movies, Skynet was supposed to have become self-aware this weekend, just, just so you know, if your Alexa starts acting funny. I don't uh, have one. <laughs> new research published in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs has found out that now even your phone can tell if you're drunk based on the way you walk. Because <laughs> all these phones now, you know, we got the step trackers and all these have, you know, GPS and, you know, speedometers and stuff that can figure out. I mean, hell, when you're driving in your car, putting on the maps, your phone tells you how fast you're going. So 
Yeah. Uh, so now they found that, like I said, the you know your phone can detect that the way you stumbling, like, oh, this motherfucker's drunk. <laughs> and they're kind of working on a uh, an app that provides real time information about people's levels of intoxication based on how their uh, gait changes while working. I wonder what mine would have said last night. Like, oh, he's not moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in this test, which like I need to figure out how to volunteer for these these scientific tests, they invited two, 22 adults to a lab to get drunk, consuming enough vodka and mixer in one hour to produce a breath alcohol concentration of 20%. For the next seven hours, they had hourly alcohol, breath alcohol and walking tests with each participant carrying a smartphone on their lower back. They were asked to walk 10 steps in a line, turn and walk another 10 steps, you know, kind of like your old walk and turn test. <laughs> and just, you know, the you know phone was actually able to detect when the person's breath alcohol was over a 0.08, which is you know, most state's legal limit. And in 90% of the cases, it was right. They're like, yep, this person's drunk or still drunk. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, we can't get portable breathalyzers, but, you know, hopefully eventually we'll get some kind of smartphone app that, like, if you come stumbling out of the bar, your phone sends you a test going, bro, call a cab. <laughs> I can tell you're not going to make it home. <laughs> well, that or, you know, people with the high-end fancy cars, you know, like, before long, your cell phone's going to be the key to your car and everything else, right? Yeah, and, these self-driving Teslas be like, be like, yo, bro's lit, I'm self-driving's automatically cutting on. <laughs> or it'll be like, nope, we're not unlocking your doors. We're not, you know... <laughs> Like, oh, how bad would that piss you off? <laughs> Your fucking car don't work. You're like, you son of a bitch. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I, I've heard of things, and I don't know if this is true or not, so you could probably answer, but people that have had many DUIs, and they put, like, a breathalyzer thing in the car that they have to blow in. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, it's called a interlock system. They literally have to, like, give a breath sample before the ignition will cut on. I have heard of people trying to beat it with, like, air, air compressors. <laughs> I talked to a guy that was uh, a uh, construction worker, and he had one of those. And he's like, "Yeah, I got drunk and tried to hook my uh, portable uh, nail gun air compressor up to the breathalyzer to start my car." <laughs> he he claimed it worked. <laughs> so yeah, all you drunks out there, there's a there's a s- solution for you. <laughs> Great. How many injuries have you caused with fucking drunk ass people now stumbling around trying to carry around portable air conditioners like? <laughs> I dropped it on myself. Like that, that's probably gonna be death. To like, <laughs> do trips while carrying portable air compressor while drunk. Uh, you know, crush his skull. <laughs> and in you know, Skynet news, uh, <laughs> a uh, a recent test um, uh, researchers have developed an algorithm to pick out common themes and patterns in dreams. Uh, using an automatic dream analysis on over 24,000 dream reported, they confirmed a long-standing theory that dreams are a continuation of what happens in everyday life. Published in the Journal of Royal Society Open Science this week. Uh, yeah, basically, the, they developed this algorithm that kind of analyzed words used in written reports of people's dreams uh, and to try to identify kind of in pat- patterns uh, you know, for example, it's possible to identify people, animal, fictional characters by looking for nouns and classify interactions in terms of friendly interactions or acts of aggression by looking at verbs. 
Using this method, they sought to highlight three components of dreams, characters, social interactions, and emotions. Uh, they kind of be consider these to be the most important ones in interpreting dreams. And you know, I need something that's going to be able to interpret. When I have one of these dreams where I'm like a badass guitar god, and I wake up and I'm like, okay, I dreamed about it, therefore I can do it, and it doesn't work. So I need something that can be like, these are the notes and the scales and the, you know, muscle memories you need to recreate this. Can it help me? <laughs> well, possibly. Uh, the, the kind of their findings found that, you know, supporting evidence of what they call the continuity hypothesis, that is that basically the dream's content closely reflect the dreamer's current thoughts, feelings, and experiences effectively acting as a continuation of what is happening in their everyday life. So if you're a badass guitar player in your dreams, maybe that's just a sign that you should, you know, concentrate more and you have that potential inside you that your brain is like, Hey bro, like look at this shit you could do if you like, you know, practice more. <laughs> Fine. I'll do it. They also find uh, that women tended to be friendlier and less aggressive than men in their dreams. And men experience more negative feelings during, you know, uh, dreams. So I guess that's proof why we have more nightmares, I guess. Ah, the woman! <laughs> <laughs> but with that, that's all I got for you this week. Go have yourself a nice little dream. And tell Skynet about it. Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with geeky flare-up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the NerdBliss podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for clamps, becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, this rendition of news. Um, you know, we we got some breaking news yesterday. Shit actually happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we ain't making stuff up. And fuck 2020. There were some trailers and shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we did have trailers, but we also lost a major, uh, you know, a major player in the Marvel world. You know, somebody that really put, you know, Black Panther and really brought and owned this character. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Uh, we lost uh, Chadwick Boseman, like, Ed, Ev, uh, apparently he died of uh, colon cancer, which... I didn't even know the dude was sick. Like this is not something that's been well. Like I'd seen you in know, the news some, or anything that I know of. I, I saw some photos surface a, a little while back, and it was like this dude's lost a ton of weight. But it's like, did he lose weight because you know yeah, with an actor? He's like, is he preparing for a role exactly. or, or what? And I guess you know maybe that was the you know unfortunately the effects of which I don't know if that last movie he did ever came out. Cause I remember seeing the ads before theaters all closed down for I think it was Seven Bridges, which looks re like a really cool cop crime drama movie. So hopefully that'll if it's not been released will come out at some point because that actually looked really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, definitely rest in peace. And, yeah, 2020, um, 
keeps on. Uh, speaking of keeping on, um, remember a Netflix show we watched called The Babysitter? Yes. Well, apparently there is a new trailer for the sequel, The Babysitter Killer Queen. Did she turn into like a giant honeybee or something? Yeah, the trailer looks weird as shit. Apparent, and it has the original cast all back together, even though they all died in the last movie. So the kid they were trying to kill originally is now like, I guess, high school age from the trailer. And the babysitter comes back because their weird demon-worshipping sex cult was like, I guess, made a deal with, with whatever demon. And he gives them one more night. If you can complete the ritual before sunup, I'll let y'all come back to life for whatever their motivation is. So now the, the original killers are back and hunting down a much older <laughs> kid, <laughs> yes. but and it, it comes out September 10th. So you know, here's something new for you to watch. Absolutely. That'd be a, a great way to relax after a uh, virtual dragon con. Speaking of which, we finally got some details on that. Uh, if you have a Roku or you know, smart TV, there is a dragon virtual dragon con app that you can download. And I guess all the virtual dragon con main programming tracks are going to be streaming on that app or streaming on the dragon con TV website or YouTube dragon con TV. And site. I did see a thing too, where they said, you know, you're, it's not just going to be on Roku. So, you know, they, yeah, they're like, like mm. telling people don't just go out and buy Roku's. <laughs> it's, it's going to be on every other platform. Yeah. The, you know, DragonCon TV website, YouTube. And also I've seen a lot of the different tracks, Facebook pages that are like, all right, these three or four panels are going to be part of the official Dragon Con TV virtual thing. But then we're also going to do some of these smaller panels on our own Facebook site, uh, you know, as a Facebook live or whatnot. So, you know, check out your favorite tracks and be sure to bookmark them because they're going to have programming, other programming on their official Facebook pages versus the stuff that's on the Dragon Con TV app. And also, you know, we talked about the, Dragon Con virtual cigar meetup since we can't have our normal Thursday cigar meetup. So check out the Dragon Con Cigar Group Facebook page. Uh, I believe it's Thursday night at our usual smoking time, which is 8 o'clock. We're going to do a giant Zoom smoke up. Costumes are encouraged. So if you want to put on your cosplay and sit in your house and smoke a cigar and join us all virtually Thursday night, come smoke one. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be, be there at least for part of it. <laughs> I'm on vacation, so I ain't got shit else to do that night. The only thing I hate about these virtual meetings is I have to see myself. I don't want to see myself. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, there's got to be a way to turn off the the self cam on Zoom. It's like yeah, I don't want to see look at myself. Yeah, exactly. We can sit over. We got two computers. We can sit up here and like sit across from each other and have our our virtual. Uh, <laughs> so we don't have to all squeeze around the same computer. <laughs> so everybody brings their own laptop. We can have a virtual meetup in person. <laughs> BYOPC. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it virtually, I guess. So yeah, you know, um, moving right along. And you don't have you you don't have to like you know cosplay the top half of your body. You can still like be naked from the you know waist down if you want and be comfortable. <laughs> so only put only have to put half a hot costume on. Ah, <laughs> uh, just. I'm sorry, guys. Camera malfunction. Didn't mean to go below the kilt. <laughs> Stand up to get a drink. I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot. I'm not wearing pants. 
there's that. Um, hey, it's not Dragon Con without at least a random, some random nudity. Yeah, exactly. So, moving right along, New Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, sequel that's in the works. Apparently, uh, the directors were fired a week into shooting. <laughs> Which I didn't even know they were making another one of those. Yeah, I hadn't heard too much about this, um, but apparently Andy and Ryan Tohill, maybe? Toll? From The Dig? Guess we're fired over some creative differences. Alrighty then. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, looks like David Blue Garcia, he's, his future film debut was the 58000 budget Tejano, which was released in HBO in January. Yeah, it doesn't... I've not heard of that either. <laughs> yeah, like... It's not a good sign. It's like, yeah, we've not heard anything about uh, <laughs> this Texas Chainsaw. Well, I mean, apparently this is supposed to be... Let's go back to the Hooper and, you know, Hinkle creation, you know, the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw, and that's where this is supposed to be picked up from, mm. you know. Um, like, with the other prequels and sequels that we had more recently, like, for some reason they kept just wanting to dive into, hey, let's give... The family and Leatherface. Let's let's dive into their origin. <laughs> and it's like nobody cares about the origin. Yeah, the only good part of those last two uh, Texas Chainsaw movies, other than uh, uh, what's her name in a tight tank top, uh, is, dude, she was from Seventh Heaven. Okay? Yeah, you can't even look at her in that light. I, I can't even remember her name. Jessica Bill. Yes, Jessica Bill is Arlie Army. I mean, Arlie Army as the creepy sheriff guy. Was freaking it. That was like the highlight of those two movies. Dude, I mean, you know, he and fucking phenomenal at that role. I mean, which he's played villains. And, you know, I mean, he he plays a good asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. I don't know. Um, not really sure. No release dates, no nothing. Yeah. Theoretically, it's going to happen at some point. It may be a thing. <laughs> it may not be. We will see. Um, apparently, there is a Resident Evil TV series uh, that Netflix is um, yes, working on. Yes, that one's on. kind of been blowing up lately. And, and I'd like to see a return to Raccoon City. Not only that, is it's the the producers behind it are the guys who make Supernatural, which has been a excellent series for, fuck, 15 years at this point. <laughs> it's like, so... Seeing what those guys can do with Resident Evil kind of gives me some uh, some hopes of uh, it not sucking. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will miss uh, uh, Alice if she's uh, <laughs> yeah a big uh, big uh, whatever uh, Joe Leaf or yeah that girl whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know Mila Jovovich. That's that's. All right, my brain kicked back on. Yay. My caffeine's running out. Um, this looks like it's going to take on an interesting concept because um, it looks like we're going to have two different timelines. You know, one which will basically be a brand new story um, where a couple of sisters move into Raccoon City and basically figure out that, 
hey, there's some shit not quite right here, and I guess they're going to try to uncover... So kind of a pre-outbreak storyline. And then the second timeline is set over a decade into the future, where apparently there's less than 15 million people left on Earth and more than 6 billion monsters. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know... (laughs) Like... Oh, time crazy, crazy odds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess at that point, everybody's learned to fight. Or you know, these 15 <laughs> yeah. million people are the last. Uh, All you those know. people on Prepper TV. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. A um, little bit of cancellation news. Uh, Altered Carbon has been canceled on Netflix after a couple of seasons. I never really got into that series yeah, that much. It's not one that but... I've uh, I've dived into. Anyway. But speaking of Netflix, fucking Cobra Kai is now on Netflix, so I need to dive into that. <laughs> I've heard it's great. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Now I'm like, Now you can watch it basically for free. Yeah, because I've already got Netflix. <laughs> um, I did see the uh, animated X-Files comedy series. Yeah, it seems... Like, a weird flex, but okay, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, you know, the X-Files Albuquerque. Um, basically, uh, office full of agents who investigate X-Files cases that are, you know, a bit too wacky and dopey. <laughs> Even the shit that Mulder's like, nah, this is fucked up, I ain't doing this. You know, it... Let's send it to the B-team. I mean, <laughs> it might, like, have a good... You know, Men in Black. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, we got, you know, the two top agents, but you guys go investigate this shit over here that just doesn't quite make sense. Oh, hell, we got Crazy Earl over here, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Somebody's stolen all the anal probes. (laughs) Yeah, and it'd be an X-Files. It's like you can kind of change your, your, I don't know, your weird thing week to week. So it's, it's got the potential of, you know, you can implement a lot of storylines into that X-Files framework. And and maybe, you know, they pull in some other shows and be like, oh, this show over here, now it got sucked into the X-Files universe. <laughs> like, yeah, hell, I'm, I'm, I'm down I mean, for I'd, anything X-Files, so... I'd have to, you know, I mean... But making it an animated comedy just seems weird, but hey, I'm, I'm down, I'll try it. Yeah, I don't... I'm starved for content at this point, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did get a game trailer for Star Wars Squadron. Um, little bit of the single player campaign details. Uh, once again, EA. Because um, yeah, freaking X Wing and X Wing versus Tie Fighter, probably my favorite Star Wars games. So yeah, I'm I'm down to a return to that space fighting, you know, type gameplay. I'm always down to jump in an X-Wing or a or a TIE Fighter and fuck up some shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically... And down some dirty rebel scum. In this portion of the campaign, you'll fly behind enemy lines um, to extract the allied spy who has some vital intelligence on this particular project. Um, so a lot of Starfighter, you know, piloting stuff... Um, Looks like there is a 
it looks like you're going to be able to X-Wing, TIE Fighter, um, and then they even talk about some 5 5 multiplayer dog fights and that sort of thing. Right, yeah, I don't do much online gaming, but yeah. friggin' a 5-on-5 X-Wing battle, oh, that, that might drive me in. <laughs> yeah, so... As of right now, October 2nd, 2020 release date, um, looks like PS4, Xbox One, Origin PC, Steam, Epic Game Store, and VR on PlayStation 4 Ooh, and PC be... with cross-play support. That would be sweet in VR. <laughs> I would have to see it, though. Like... Theoretically, you know, that would be sweet in VR, yeah, I'd like... I mean, I, I mean, I get it. Maybe... You know, I don't really know how it works, like... I know how graphics look when I game on my monitor. Do I get that same level of graphic in the Oculus and stuff like that itself? Which I imagine you probably do. I mean, I've seen some gameplay footage of... Because they did a a VR element in the last uh, Battlefront. Where you could do some, some of that fighting in VR. And it looked pretty badass. Where you, like, you look right and left and you can see like out the window of the X-Wing over the battlefield and stuff. Which is pretty cool but yeah I've, I've never bothered to get the playstation vr so i've, I've never actually experienced it myself but then again but it looked kind of pretty cool online like, anyway you know microsoft flight simulator 2020 just released and you know people that are into flight sims love you know this new game like apparently like you can actually fly over area 51 and shit <laughs> um but you know, I heard, these I heard there's a bunch of people doing bombing runs on well, Epstein Island. I mean, like, <laughs> these, you know, certain people, I mean, you know, they invest in full-on cockpits. Oh, yeah, it's insane, and, some like, of these set rigs some of these have for these, so like, imagine flight enthusiasts. imagine if a game like Squadron had support for that same look. Like, here you are trying to play on a controller, and this dude's, like, legit fucking got a cockpit, like, lighting <laughs> your ass up. Like, Oh, man. Need to win the lottery. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's almost like um you know some of the racing sim games like Project Cars or I Racing and stuff like yeah. that where, yeah, you can play with a controller, but that dude that's got a full haptic you know steering wheel yeah. with force feedback and pedal controls and if they had that at like some of these uh, VR arcades that are popping up where you could go get into some kind of simulator like that oh fuck take all my money now like I, I, that's where i'm gonna be all week <laughs> well we know where joe's gonna be all week I'm like sorry i can't come home I'm, I'm defending the uh the empire i'm trying to save the universe dear <laughs> tammy it's time for dinner <laughs> i'm about to drop my proton torpedo in this exhaust port be home later <laughs> uh um... so drop my proton torpedo in your exhaust port yeah come on <laughs> And uh, with no further ado, back to you. <laughs> well, we've got uh, some actual trailers for movies that are supposed to be coming out. We've got a new trailer for the, you know, fucking sparkly vampire version of uh, Batman. The Batman. Which, when they said Robert Patterson, the guy from fucking Twilight, is going to be the next Batman, I was like, really? But, I mean, but this the is, trailer looks badass. This is Detective-era Batman. So this is before the gadgets. This is before, yeah, it's you very, know... Yeah, it looks very low-tech. It's almost like Batman Year One. His new Batmobile looks badass. It looks like some kind of modified Dodge Charger. Like, more hot rod, less, like, spaceship or tank, like the last couple Batmobiles we've seen. So, I'm 
yeah, like I said before, I was like, eh, really? Like, but now that I've seen the trailer, I'm like, all right, damn, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of down for this now. I wanna, Until he steps in the daylight and you still see some sparkly goodness because you know <laughs> glitter, you can't get rid of that shit. <laughs> and they also released a trailer for the Wonder Woman 1984 that's supposed to be coming out uh, in the next couple months because theaters are actually starting to reopen. Uh, I mean, the new trailer looks pretty badass. It's kind of got some funny stuff. She has some gold armor for some reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, we've got a, a new trailer for that as well. Uh, and with that, that's all we got for you this week. Check us out on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com. You can check us out on our website, cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're also on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, at cigarnerdpod. Available wherever you find podcasts. Hey, if you're listening to us now, obviously you've already find us. Uh, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerd for 20% off. Real Men Smoke Cigars for your cool smoking shirts. They even have masks now. And with that, just like life, death always finds a way. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.